Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Record Sport writers Michael Gannon and Gordon Parks as we discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today we take a look back at Sunday's derby against Rangers as Celtic swept to seven in a row in devastating fashion. With the title in the bag we pick out the key men and moments from another season of success for the Parkhead side. And looking ahead, there's been speculation over the future of Tom Rogic. Will he stay or will he go? And another man with uncertainty surrounding his future seems to be Charlie Musonda. Could he be back at Chelsea sooner than expected? And well, the, as we see, the league was sewn up at the weekend. Um, gents, come to you, Michael, first of all. What was your take on the, the derby at the weekend? Was that the most devastating win for Celtic over Rangers yet? I can't remember seeing... I know we seem to keep saying this after the, the 5 1 last year, the other 5 1 last year, the 4 0 in the cup. You think this, I can't remember seeing a more one sided game, but I think on Sunday was the most one sided old firm game I've ever seen, including I think 6 2 game 17 18 years ago, which is always kind of that game is strangely kind of in the balance, even at 4 4 1 5 2 and all that stuff. But that on Sunday was a complete and utter demolition job. Um, and I think 5-0 actually flattered the Rangers, which is incredible to think that it would actually flatter the team getting beat 5 nothing. We're lucky to escape with a 5-0, I think. When it gets to 5 with, what, 35 minutes to go, it really could have been anything. I think there's a way to get turned over. I think the better teams uh, have gone to Celtic Park and, I mean, an Aberdeen team went there and lost 9 nothing. but there's a way to do it. I think the capitulation and the, the lack of heart, I think when you go into a game like that, it's an old firm game and you like that passion, it's a perfect storm. The dynamics of the club, everything going on behind the scenes, the manager, not in control of a dressing room, and I just thought it all came together. There's a way to get hammered, and uh, that was exactly the wrong way to do it. I just think, uh, as Michael says, it was don't, so comprehensive. I don't think there was a lack of heart, really, just to be honest with you. I don't think so. Of course, think so. I don't of course think so. there was. Like, listen, if you start losing goals like that, you get demoralised. But I, I think this is the golfing class. Oh, Mick. I mean, Rangers were bereft Mick. in all departments, no, no. right? I think you, you're looking at a game, it took until about the 60th minute before you get the second booking. After the first booking was committed in the first three minutes. I couldn't get near, couldn't get Mick, near if you, you know what? See any team, if you take quality out of the picture, if you go and make a mark on the opposition and make them work for what they've got, that's a bare minimum. And Rangers fans expect that from their side, and that was devoid. Listen, I get that. There was nothing there with spirit. But you get the sense in Scottish football this season that when it's really mattered to Celtic and they really had to, to, to turn it on, they blow teams away. They've done it at Pataudry. Um Questions were asked about the challenge and the biggest test of the season at that point before Christmas. Hammered Aberdeen at Pataudry. Um Question answered. Again, they got the Ibrox. Questions asked. One with ten men. Um, at the cup tie, people were saying this is a chance. This is Rangers' get best chance. Thumped them. And then ch- the chance on Sunday to win the league. And it's almost like a switch. It's almost like if we decide to play, it's going to be this. And I think I don't care if that's Hearts, Aberdeen, 
Rangers or anyone else on Sunday, I think that's a 5 nothing. Now Rangers, have, they have to be the exception of the rule. There's literally be international are, players. Are, are, are middling top six team these days. Uh, I've made the point. Uh, right? The only thing about Rangers true. is the strips they wear. They're not, this is not a Rangers team that uh, is any way, any shape or form, a rival for Celtic. Nobody would argue that. But so that's what happens. You go into a game with the consequences and the the, the rivalry involved, and you cannot muster. Background noise party. That's you background you noise. cannot muster the effort to go and shut down properly. You can't muster the effort to go and make. It, an imp- I don't agree with that part. If you look at the game, the cup, the cup game, right? The cup game, Rangers tried to sit fairly deep and let sit in possession in the half really and then try and win the ball off them in the final or third destroyed them right they get hammered for not pressing Celtic so what do they do they go and actually try to press last Sunday and that's why you don't press against Celtic Hibs managed at Easter Road because they had the energy the the, the, the players in the middle of the park you need to have the players to, they could for do that, that kind of Rangers approach. don't have that so they tried to press I mean look at some of the a lot of the goals on Sunday were all on the break Bump, bump, three passes at the park, goal. Rangers trying to press, takes two passes, they lose three or four players at the game, and it's a goal back in the net. Listen, again, get back to basics. Make it difficult for your opponent. Rangers didn't make it difficult. It was all too easy. And if you're telling me that these guys that are on serious cash cannot go and make it difficult and get in people's faces and make... Listen, I'm not saying be dirty, but I'm saying go in and make it a physical battle. See, right, if you it's cannot muster that... It's not a fair fight. <laughs> I, might go and, I might go and swing a few punches, but I'm knocked out. They're giving Celtic far too much credit. Excellent though they were. I think you would find it difficult to find a Rangers fan that would think that the, 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 the Rangers put up any kind of act of defiance there, which was required. There's a, talking about Rangers fans, there's a couple of guys in that Celtic team who they must be absolutely sick of the sight of. Uh, Namely, Tom Rogic, who we'll come to in greater depth later on, and Callum McGregor. What is it about these guys? They just keep delivering in these big games for, for Brendan Rodgers. Well, first and foremost, they're good players. Um, Callum McGregor, I think, I think Callum McGregor is a fair shout for player of the year. I think he's been terrific this season, uh, and, and last season, but this year in particular, I think he's been excellent. I mean, there's a reason why Brendan Rodgers picks him in all these big games. He's, um, he's, got, he's got an energy, a drive, he can burst from midfield, he's great on the ball. And he can finish and score, break into the box and score goals. I think he's, he's turned into a, a terrific little player. Um, and I say one of the players of the season. So it's no surprise he's, he's involved. Especially, I say, in that kind of game, middle, middle of the park. He can burst beyond players. And he may left a hand in the cup game. He left Rangers the midfielders in his wake um, a few times. Um, Rogic, he's a, he's a talented guy, isn't he? He's, he's, he's top drawer. He plays in the areas that, that defenders can't really go to. Midfield players don't know where to go with him either. Um, he always seems to be on the half turn, doesn't he? That's always the kind of thing. He's always in the half turn. Um, a wand of a left, a left peg. Um, a big game player. Scoring goals against Rangers Willie Nelly the, the last couple of seasons. Um, but he, he, they're just a level above the opposition, either the Rangers or anyone else. So they have got that ability to, to, to cause problems to any team. But, uh, especially in those big games against Rangers you're talking about individuals there that were bit part players under the previous manager you're talking about a guy Brendan Rodgers who came in and managed to galvanise motivate get players playing their strengths get players believing in themselves again everything that Rangers don't have Celtic have now career crossroads Callum McGregor was that one a couple of, a couple of seasons ago Roger there was doubters there there's a lot of them and it just shows you the impact of someone to come in and give that self-belief Give them a focus, give them a role in the team, understand what their job is and get them to play their strengths. Roger is the most technical player in the country. He's got the brightest mind. Um, he's the one player in Scotland that could go to any company in Europe and fit in and mix right. It's just because they're better football players. And Is he a mix right? 
It's the only time I'm going to say it today. You might as well enjoy <laughs> it. That's come from. Americans do that. You might want to book that, bookmark yeah, that, that, that point in the podcast. Yeah, a ringtone. Another man who um, really shone at the weekend. Uh, I know he came on and did it in the, the Derby at Ibrox. But he's got a big chance to play from the start at the weekend. Was uh, Odson Edward? Um, what did you make of his performance? Can I just say it? I've watched him play. No, Mick's going to be wrong here, right? It's going to be wrong. Normal he, service resumed. <laughs> he has all the requirements. He's got the physical power. He's got a he's got a deft touch, which I didn't think I didn't give him as much credit earlier on in the season. I think he's a better player than I thought he was. He looks when he's going through and goal every inch, Musa Dembele. He's got that same kind of heavyweight kind of power going through, but I think he's got a more kind of uh, he can he can manipulate the ball better. I think he if. Dembele goes in the summer it's a perfect he fills a void he fills a void he'll get him for £7 million but I think now it's a genuine investment and I don't think I would have been saying that six months ago Can you see him being here next season? I can um, I don't think it's exact I don't think it's around six, maybe seven, £7 million to, to get him um, I think it'd be a bargain I think in the current the current climate if you can get that that kind of um, potential for £7 million it'd be an absolute steal um, you look at the, the money changing hands in the English Championship for players um, Jordan Rhodes 11-12 million pound transfer fees and all that stuff I think to get him if you get a 19, 20 or 20 year old French prospect for that kind of money would be every bit as much a bargain as a 500,000 for Dembele because mm. I, so. I think from the the, the outset when Mick's right <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right done again <laughs> this is a historic record Celtic podcast here. I haven't actually I don't know if I like it <laughs> And uh, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, if you like, uh, a man who's taken a bit of stick on this podcast this season was Dedrick Boyata. Um, but he was all over. He was all over it at the weekend, wasn't he? I've heard a couple of people say With that. With the greatest respect, Jason Cummings ain't a top quality striker we'll ever make. So I think Celtic's problem is they've got to look beyond the domestic scene. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be Europe, and he's, he's just not cut out to be the concentrated, dynamic, dominant leader centre-half that Celtic need. And I think there's a big problem there and I think that'll be addressed in the summer. See, the thing is, though, Barsi, that if, if Dedrick Boyata didn't have a clanger in him, he'd be playing alongside Vincent Company. He's got the, the physique, the pace, the power, uh, the reading of the game, the passing ability. If he had the ability to cut out the odd clanger, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't. Yeah, you, still, you rate him far higher than I do, and no, I've watched him closely, I think, and I think he's I not think a comfortable it's the same, it's the same reason. It's the same reason that perhaps Effie Ambrose was international for Nigeria. I think it wasn't playing the English Premier League because Bayata's he's got that a in different him. specimen. He's a great athlete, and I think that's what you've got that's in him. Right? You've got a terrific athlete, and you've got a guy who, when the ball comes into the equation at times, that's the biggest. He's got problem. all the tools. Right? But he has got. I mean, he is a ticking time bomb at times. Uh, like I say, if it wasn't to be worth 25, 30 million quid. But I think what he needs is he needs a prolonged period. I mean, like two or three seasons without picking up an injury because he's never played a full season. I mean, look, he's career is twenty six now, and he's never managed to play a full campaign. That's a guy who needs to be playing week in week out for one or two seasons in a row without picking up one of these these injuries that he gets, and, and that might help him eradicate the kind of the lapses that he has now and again because it is in his game. It, it, I mean, so Ibrox in mean, the first five minutes, Ibrox he was all over the camp, he's a nightmare. Um, but if he didn't have that in him, I don't think he would be here. He's got everything else. He's got all the tools to be a right good centre half. 
So I think I think Brendan Rodgers thinks, well, I need to take the rough of this move sometimes with him because he's going to he's going to drop the odd clanger. He's stuck with him. He, he loves him because he has got all the tools, and I think sometimes you have to accept that you take the rough. You've of this got move. to frame it properly. Domestically, he plays with a smoking jacket on at times, right? And I'm talking again about guys like Cummings coming up against him. There's there's no comp. I mean, physically, there's no battle there. It's just a hands down stroll. Europe, Bayata, not good enough. Are you think he is? You I think, think you think, think he can step up and be beyond be, that? I think Celtic still need to have. A, I mean, it's been a thing I've been saying for since last summer. They still need to get self a decent centre half alongside yeah, them. I would also carry that by saying, hold on a minute. We thought it was going to be that one, but he's now. He's See when now teams have got at Celtic and they go and press and they've actually got a prolonged spell. Tynecastle springs to mind. Easter Road springs to mind. When teams actually get at Celtic and they expose the limitations at the back, it's uh, it's quite a sight and quite well, a warning. I know which played at that, in that game and I wasn't seen again for for weeks. And yep. he came back for the Rangers game, get sent off, and we haven't seen him since. Yeah, I think and I don't think I, I don't know if we'll see him again. Um, I still think it's an area. I know they signed Jack Henry, who's uh, one for the future. Um, Christopher Ayer's in there. Still not sure about Christopher Ayer in terms. Of, if you go into Europe with that back four, I still think it's problems. Um, like I agree with you in that in that aspect. But I don't think Bayata is the, the root of the problem. I think I think get. I mean, Marvin Compere. We don't know. It looks like a a misstep signing him. But I think um, maybe written off. I don't know. Um, or he might, he might appear in pre-season we'll have to wait and see but at the moment he's an invisible man so it's still an area that has to be addressed that's, that centre defence needs to be addressed but I don't think Boyata's the one you know there's a strange kind of uh, irony that the players that have become big players for Celtic haven't been the ones that were recruited by Brendan Rodgers and I think if people will agree a lot of his signings haven't been great and the ones that we're talking about the borderline success stories and I don't think you can even go and call them. I say, I mean, they've been Brendan Rodgers signings. The guys that were in before are the ones that have stepped up, and that's interesting for me. Yeah, interesting summer. Because I think it's about upgrading Celtic. I mean, the domestic dominance, a chance at treble. You've got to back them to win the treble, haven't you? But it's about upgrading for. for I mean, the Champions League qualification process now is going to be brutal. Yep. I was looking through some of the teams that they could hit. Usual suspects, as usual. Your kind of um, your Malmos and your your Astana's all these teams, but Liga Warsaw's. But there's teams in there that are, are tough as well. I think it's going to be a, a four games to get to qualify. Henry's a good signing because he's he's quick over the over the ground, and that's when you're talking come up against these kind of teams. That's what that's what they have. They've got that kind of electric front runners, and you've got to be able to match that. Celtic come unstuck when they're dealt when they're confronted with pace, and they're trickery. Uh, how many times do we see it in Europe? We go uh, Celtic go in and try and get theirself early season they're not up to speed and so often they get hit bang bang and that's why the problems emanate from yeah listen they got through the qualifiers last this season with um, near Beton and, and Ayer playing at the back and it's a bit here and scare them at times but they got through it but I think a, a good partnership to start the season I think is, is, is crucial for them but um but that's for, for the summer, I guess. The, the last thing I just wanted to touch on uh, from Sunday was um, the, at, the kind of atmosphere within the stadium. Now, you probably know what I'm coming to here. You had the whole thing, the cheering of Andy Halliday from the Celtic fans, the cheering of Morelos when he came on up until that kind of big shout of anticipation when Morelos got that chance to score. Now, have you ever seen anything like that? I think in it's a indicative game? of where we are with the old firm as this classic world renowned derby. I remember when you used to all gather and go to the pub to watch it, you took a breath before the first ball was kicked and it was hell for leather. There's no longer an edge to it. It's a formality, it's a fait accompli for Celtic now, it's a living games. 
they generate their own enthusiasm now in their own atmosphere by mocking the opposition, which is fine because it's part and parcel of the occasion. And I think you saw that on Saturday. I think you, Sunday, sorry, Celtic fans now have to get their fun in different ways because the on-field spectacle is just not what it used to oh, be. Well, the fear factor is, is gone. I mean, the last two old firm games and, and, and most of the ones in the last 11, they've been so comfortable. I mean, old firm games, historically, when I go back to that, that 6-2 game, people will be watching that thinking, that, that game wasn't done at 4-1 or 4-2 or 5-2 and there's a fear that this could be the worst lead ever you blow a 4-1 5-1 lead this could be the worst ever this could be the most embarrassing um, claps ever you know, there's always that panic mm. whereas at no point at Hamden or, or last week was it any Celtic fan thinking oh this could go really badly wrong here this could be this could be a dramatic claps it was so comfortable that it was a yeah they, they weren't expecting a party taunting, taunting the rivals and and twisting the knife in incredible to think just shows you the golf and again it defeats your argument earlier on for Rangers not to be able to make any kind of fist of this contest really over the piece now we're talking 11 games there's not been much I know people think that they were a better side in the 3-2 game they weren't that's but listen, taking Celtic, away from the theatre of the old for game like, they're not away, playing their take part away the, take away the colours yeah, right. Celtic against Aberdeen in the last two years Aberdeen haven't beaten Celtic for God knows how long and Dermot Cancer side hasn't beaten or have taken a point off Celtic in two years Rangers in the same boat. Rangers are, 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 are on level on points with Aberdeen and they're comparable with Aberdeen in the last two years. When Celtic fancy it against Aberdeen, they thumped them. But Aberdeen fancy against Rangers, they thumped them. Hang on, take, hang out, on. take out the atmosphere, the taunting, the, the Aberdeen gloating. haven't Celtic been Aberdeen passive participants. Are, are the same games. Rangers are passive participants in what is supposed Aberdeen to be the, the greatest games. derby Aberdeen in the world. Take, take all that, that's all sideshow. On the pitch, Celtic against Rangers is no different than Celtic against Aberdeen. Of course it is. On the pitch, it's not. Well, it should be. The sideshow is different, but on the pitch, it's not. That's my whole point. Well, Aberdeen's record against Celtic was it? Celtic scored twenty-three goals and lost. Is it one or something like that in two seasons? Against Rangers, scored thirty, lost six. Listen, the only thing is different. Jersey. When AC Milan were stinking Serie A out and the Milan derby came on, you at least you get a hell for leather encounter. That's my point. You at least expect Rangers to step up and show something, and if they can't do it, they're devaluing what should be our showpiece occasion. Passive participants, not good enough. Well, you could say the same about, about Aberdeen or, or anyone else. Not managed to beat Celtic in the last couple of years. You uh, say what you fact, that's, that just shows you actually looking at the stats that the Celtic's best record against the teams in the top flight in Scotland, the top two, the best record against anyone is Rangers, the second best is Aberdeen. What does that tell you? When they're playing against the teams that are their so called rivals, they step it up and they thump them. He's going to come in and arm himself with stats. That's not fair. <laughs> See you in your facts. See you in your facts. But it's incredible. I mean, look at Hamilton, Rush County, uh, all these teams have got better records against Celtic than Aberdeen and Rangers. The two closest, supposedly closest rivals. The only team that's, the only team that's had any success against them is Hibs. Because the way, the way they've set up and the way they've played and the personnel they've got allows them to be more competitive than anyone else um, I also think they've got a good manager as well Yeah. Um, but the other two, two the two of my closest rivals thumped at the park when it need to be when they want to be mm-hmm. that's the difference yeah and you bring these teams into it Rangers Aberdeen Hibs uh, plenty of encounters with them this season just want to take a wee look back at how the just a kind of retrospective of how the title was won this season what's for you Gordon what's was your key moments the Aberdeen season? game at Pataudry Aberdeen game at Pataudry, which Aberdeen, again, when it comes to the big occasion, couldn't rise to it, couldn't, um, I think, was there not a three-point gap? Aberdeen... It was the first difficult, it, it, 
they came through the first part of the season. I think that was viewed as the, the first big test away, Pataudry. Yeah. Uh, that was viewed as Aberdeen had momentum going into the game. Acid test, wasn't, wasn't it? They looked as if they had recruited well. Derek McInnes had shown his loyalty to the club by staying. There was a good atmosphere at Aberdeen. You really believed that this was a time for them to push on. And again, it was a false dawn because they didn't. And they so often show a kind of anti-climax effect. They believe that this is going to be the game they're going to really get in among Celtic and show that they're there to be challenging. And they, they, they fell short. And it's, that was a picture. I think that's been a familiar theme throughout the season. Whenever Celtic have been really ch- questions asked, they've responded. I don't think. I don't think that the this campaign has been a vintage campaign domestically. I don't think. I mean, it sounds a bit daft. We're on the verge of of a, a double treble. But I, mean, I think when the DVD comes out of the, the season, I don't think they'll be flying off the shelves like last year. Because um, a lot of the time, they have done just about enough. I mean, I think I think if you ask the fans going to Parkhead, a fair few that we, I mean, I think Sunday will have um, managed to atone for it. But a lot of the games I've sat through this season and, and seen a team that's been changed and chopped and changed, especially during the European run, uh, a lot of kind of fringe players and like, yeah. maybe... Can't You'll know the start of the game. win against Dundee or drawn at home St Johnson. It tells its own County. story that at the end of the season you're choosing the player of the year for the the whole Premiership in the Scottish game, and you're looking at Scott Brown as a standout player. He has been excellent, but again, you're looking at defenders that have been the best players. You're not looking at front front. Yeah, you. but you've got you've got guys that performed so well last year. Scott, well, last year, been. last year you had um, Dembele, Sinclair, Armstrong, all all on the running. Patrick Roberts on the running for that kind of award. But this year, got him as well. Celtic have been have had a pretty brutal injury list this year. I mean, they've lost Patrick Roberts for a large chunk. Um, Edward and Griffiths have both been kind of plagued injury this this year. Sinclair form has maybe dipped off from last year. Listen, it's a bit of a hard time, Sinclair, but I think it maybe had to drop off. It's, I mean, I think he maintained that level for a whole season. First time in his life, he's never had a break. He, and this is new to him, going through, through having a proper pre-season or having a, a proper break. So maybe it was, it was going to happen. Um, I see that, see that that's disrupted the flow of the team as well at the time, which meant it hadn't been quite as free-flowing and as, as maybe as exciting as, as last year. But I think you, you, you touched on it. The, the big games that matter, the, the kind of tentpole games, They've, they've turned up and done the business and I think when people look back on this campaign they'll, they'll remember the, the Rangers wins the Aberdeen win yeah, but we're um, talking again we're talking about functional there have been no exhilarating moments the, the, no. the, 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 the key men the orchestrators that you like to see in the final third Sinclair for one you're right about Roberts he's been injured I think Forrest has been excellent Armstrong season has been not, not been great either uh, injured uncertainty never really got going Um Took Chama out to settle in. What now he's settled in. He looks a player. He looks a really good player. Um, there's been a lot of kind of. To answer your question, Liam, there's been no title race to speak of. Tip and truth um, is a key moment. The first time the ball starts rolling at the start of the, start of the season, it goes, it comes to pass. We know Celtic are winning it by a country mile. There was at no point did you think that was going to be genuinely challenged, and it hasn't been. I think this year is, is maybe shown as well. I think it's a learning experience for Rodgers as well that. that uh, this is a two-year cycle. When you when you get these qualifiers, and you're back in the middle of June for your pre-season, and you're on the way through. Ran last year's squad, he, he stuck with the same squad for most weeks, as well. And then the injury started kick, kicking in. By another one, Simonovic. I think um, how grueling that actually is to play a sixty-game season, get three or four weeks off, and back into it again. Uh, and remember, last summer we had the England game as well with a lot of um, players involved in the um, international setup. So never really get much of a break. Maybe a week off some of them, and if a lot of the guys that, that might have been a, a shock to the system, like like a Sinclair, um, and we're now getting to the end of that cycle. So I think he might 
think this summer we have to freshen up because it is it's fairly grown to keep going. I think Aberdeen suffer that way as well. Getting back, mm-hmm. I think I think when you get to this stage of the season, Aberdeen tend to feel the effects because they don't get any break either. No, it's not, yeah. an, it's not an argument I buy at all. Nope. I think well, it's you're uh, Scott Sinclair at 28 years old. You've had 10 summers <laughs> when you get six weeks off and you get a fortnight at Celtic. Yep. That's a shock to the system. I think players would prefer, and they do it in the continent continually, and it doesn't, doesn't seem to affect their like quality what, level. Where? What continent? Players, players on a holiday. Do me a favour. How long do you, how long off in Spain, Italy, Germany? I'm sure you've got a start that's going to. Well, but they, knock they, a off. Off. <laughs> they only get a fun night off. Mike, the Barcelona players. I'm sure because they're playing World this, Cup well, Championship. Start back to end of August. They don't play four qualifiers in July. Sixty games a season is a sign of a team doing well. It's a success, that, yeah. momentum. These these players you generally find are ticking over rather than training as much. I think they enjoy the freedom they get in the spare time. They get more of it. Um, speak to footballers they'll tell you that they would rather play the 60 game calendar than and I get they're just getting maybe 2-3 weeks off as opposed to the 6 that they used to get but these times have gone players can keep themselves going players are their own industry the, the way they keep themselves and taking taking over is different now from the way it used to be it, see it your house in days well for 9 months and then get a week off and back to it again because they hit the ground into these European qualifiers, it's right away. It's not even easy yourself in. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's hard going. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saing bleeding heart for these players getting twenty grand a week. <laughs> but it, for guys that are not used to it, it's, it must be a culture shock. Thinking middle of June, you need to be switched on because in three weeks there's a qualifier you cannot afford to slip out of it. Too much of it's made of it. A bit of a cop out for me. If it was you, back in your pen days, you'd be crying your eyes out. We never played I'm midweek I'm games. I'm going to for the boys. I've seen a fortnight. Just look again, we touched on uh, you're looking ahead to the summer there. And I think one man we're going to hear a lot about in the coming weeks and possibly months is Tom Rogic. Uh, so we Let were, me just tell you something, all right? On right. That, when I was playing with Dundee United, <laughs> we, we used to get, the last day of this, when we broke up for the summer, a sheet that detailed what you were required to do. We were off for six weeks. It was like the school holidays again. And you used to get a sheet and it used to say, like, go for a like, 12 minute run, uh, sit ups, do these kind of things. And it was in the bin. As soon as you got, you got home, you were basically off for six weeks. It was great. Times have changed. Did you play football pass? You never mentioned, never mentioned that. Never mentioned. Too. Oh, that's, that's a surprise. You keep that in your hat, don't you? Something I don't like to talk about. Tom Rogic. Don't like to talk about it. Tom Rogic. Uh, well, assuming he doesn't bin his summer sheet. Uh, he looks like a man who's going to have a very busy summer. Um, I'm going to hear, seem to be hearing a lot about him exclusively in record sport. That he's attracting interest from Southampton down south, uh, and of course we all know the situation starting to maybe drag on a wee bit now that he's not committing to a new a deal at Celtic. Um, any insight into what might be going on there, Southampton interest? No question. I think he's a player that's ready to fly. Like I said before, he's technically the most astute player, he sees things that other people's don't, don't, he plays in a position which is hard to find somebody that plays in a half half turn, somebody who can connect between his forwards the way he does and he sees things that uh, makes him that multi-million pound option, I'd be surprised if there wasn't bigger clubs uh, ready to take him because like, like I said before, you can he can he can be shoehorned into any team that plays a bit of uh, class because he's got class written all over him He's Listen, he's, if you're I mean, he, he's got um, he's got a decent guy representing him. I, I know that, and, it, and I think if if you're advising Tom Rogic, you'd say to him, "You're not saying anything just now, anywhere. You're going to a World Cup in a few weeks' time. 
which is the biggest platform in world football you can have you go and do your thing at that stage and they'll be kicking down the door to get you yeah. if, if Tom Oaks does what he does with Celtic in the World Cup it's going to be extremely difficult to keep keep hold of them because they're going to be attractive offers what I would say is though that it doesn't mean it will go um, I, mean, I think Martin Gallery he, he enjoys playing for Celtic and I, I don't think he's the finest article yet either I think he's I think he's a late developer I know he's what twenty four, maybe twenty five, couple twenty five now. Rejected by a few teams when he was younger, was it? Yeah, but he's listen. He's had problems as a youth. Um, his fitness um, hasn't quite got that core fitness yet. That I think that maybe he's, he's kind of um, his football development maybe held him back a wee bit when he was coming through injuries kept setting back a couple of seasons. I think another season at Celtic, setting you setting you contract, doing another season build up. Yes, and you see it. Part of it's like Mick. Hooter goes at an hour. Mick. He's got to go. Hang on a minute. I think another season might build that core fitness and I think he could be ready for a right big move because he is a, that modern number 10. Cliché statement that's labelled a guy who was playing with the, with the Australian national team at futsal. He's, a, he's an example for any young kid to go and master the football, become so good and so aware and so capable uh, with the ball that you elevate yourself to the level now we're talking where you could Mick's right if he does well at the World Cup he will go to a major club and he's ambitious he knows he's done his turn here he's shown what he's capable of he's probably want to shake this this 60 minute tank yeah but he's, do you know that he's I'm going to hit you with another stat here do you know he's, he's finished less than he's only played 90 minutes less than um, 20 times I think it is um, so it's about a fifth of these games he's not managed to, he's only managed to find 90 minutes um, listen he scored in the 90th minute in Hamden last year to win the, to win the Scottish Cup so he can play 90 minutes but it's not that's that's the exception around the rule, so uh, there is a there is perhaps a question over the core that core yeah, fitness. He plays in a position where you're asked to take responsibility. He's asked to go on the ball and create, and he plays in this kind of shuttling area. It's um, it's, it's not quite um, in the midfield. It's not quite as a striker. He plays in that kind of he bridges the gap and he plays in a, in a hole where he has to he's constantly doing 50 yard shuttles back and forth it takes its toll he's not a full back he's not a centre half facing the play people forget the job that he's asked to do is an exhaustive one it is especially in a Brendan Rodgers team when you have to win the ball in the opposition half which I don't think is maybe he likes to do but he's a big lad and he can do it but it does mean you run out of, you run out of gas yeah. what, um, what, what, what I'm basically saying is he's constantly doing shuttles yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think I think he's a terrific player. I think I think he'd walk into any team um, down south. I genuinely think he could be right top draw. But if I'm if I'm family's Mister Ten Percent, I'm saying to him just now, sit tight, enjoy the World Cup. We'll see what's on our table. Let's not panic because you will have options down the line, and you're in a place where you're going to be successful anyway. He's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that does come to pass, but well, we've kind of touched on you know how. Parts of you mentioned earlier on that Scott Brown has walked away with the Player of the Year, so it kind of we've been talking about some of the defenders as well. So it's kind of indicative of the attacking players haven't quite hit the heights this season. So with that in mind, if Rogic was to go, how big a loss would that be enormous, for Celtic? Enormous, because he is the one that takes that responsibility. Um, he's the key to the door for Celtic so often. He's the guy who relishes the big occasion. Armstrong being out has been a bit of a void because yeah. Roger stepped up to that as well. I just think overall as a pack, he's quite a physical player as well. He's difficult to get the ball off because he's got a kind of language rangey style. He's tall. He ticks the boxes in every way as your top pedigree player. And if fitness is an issue, that's certainly becoming less of one. 
I just think uh, as a loss to Celtic Dembele leaving you've got Udoa coming back hopefully uh, Celtic will take up that kind of option I just think it's a bigger loss because guys like Roger are hard to find to actually be the guy that changes games and turns things so often difficult to replace we get Ryan Christie coming back next year from who I like Aberdeen, as well yeah. who would you think that role is similar um, Lewis Morgan coming in who maybe plays a bit wider but he's also that area of the pitch as well uh, are they as good as Rogic I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so but time with on a bit side. of time and development Ryan Christie's interesting one I think Ryan Christie's a good little player so do yeah, I but I think um, Rogic similar, kind of, similar kind of player to Rogic so you have to remember people are watching and saying what is, what's he worth what's the value there what has he got Rogic takes the ball in tight areas and wants it in tight areas that's a difficult skill to do he actually wants it the tighter that is the better because he's able to turn you and deceive you and he's got a deft kind of ability to drift past players that's a difficult um, thing to find and that's why his valuation will go through the roof Ryan Christie still to find that you know he's still to find that real confidence within himself that he can do that and another player who we haven't mentioned in that uh, in terms of coming in and taking up the role that um, that Rogic has filled and it's maybe kind of indicative of how his Parkhead career has gone so far it's uh, Charlie Masonda so he came into huge hype Really, really, Celtic kind of went all in to to big up this signing, and, and rightly so. You know, very highly regarded across Europe. But it's just I watched him warming, up, warming him. up for Celtic recently, and he looked like an outsider. He just wanted to do his own his own thing. He looked, that didn't look part of the group. His body language was poor. I know he's young. Um, I've watched him come on, and he's you know very peripheral. I think no doubt the boy's got talent. Obviously, he's got pedigree, but I just think I don't know, Mike. If you watched him, if you watched his body language, yeah. it's not encouraging. Yeah, I think there's been a slight shift when he first comes in and, and he makes a couple of appearances and he's out of the team. And I think the kind of the the party line is that he's it's he's there to get find his feet, adapt to being in Scotland, and get used to life at Parkhead, with a view to him hitting the ground maybe next season. I think that's still the kind of party line, but you think by now he'd be getting more and more influential in the team and finding his feet in the side by this point in time it's not happened it looks like a terrific wee player but it does look it does look slight um, I don't know if the, the pace and the kind of physicality in Scotland maybe maybe haven't, hasn't quite helped um, speaking to a few people and listening to the chat down south and there is some, some grumbles um, from, from London that, that they thought he'd be more involved by this stage um, where that instigates a recall in the summer, I don't know. Um, it depends what he's been told by Celtic. They might be saying, "Listen, don't worry," because um, Roberts obviously heads away uh, in the summer. Um, back to back to Man City. Did they, did they cough up the money for him? The money they're talking, I don't know. It's a lot of money they're getting thrown around, even yeah. though he's not had a season um, play much. Masonda um, at the moment is a big question mark. Does it look equipped for Scotland? I don't know. It's quite pleasing. Is it, is it not a sense of, hey, listen, you don't take pleasure for somebody that's not getting a game, but the razzmatazz with this guy coming in for Chelsea is this uh, superstar blessing Scottish football. He was doing us the favour coming in here. I think it's been quite good to see there's been no honest in Brendan Rodgers to actually just keep putting him in. To make a decision based on football and purely, I think it's quite it gives our game a bit of a boost to see that we will not be bullied by clubs or Celtic won't be bullied into just giving guys a platform to play. It should be something, it should be more than that. And I think Masonda has to get his act together and prove that he's worthy of a place. Otherwise, he's not worth being here. Yeah, because it's like you say, there's it's 
there's obviously been some sort of maybe questions from Celtic fans as to why he's not playing, but there's not been this huge outcry as to why is he not in the team, just basically because they don't have to, really, no, doesn't the, 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 the bandwagon's rolling on, so he's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually noticed that um, the game at Ibrox, um, you look at the bench, look at the, the team sheets, and the Celtic bench, it was... Um, it would have been it would have been Edward Sinclair Roberts Masonda on the bench I mean you're looking at probably about 25 30 million pounds of talent on the bench that's when you know the game is the game is up I box the Rangers because the bench was worth about 30 million quid alone so if the game wasn't going right you'd get 30 million pounds of talent to change it which eventually which happened uh, even with 10 men so but you forget because there is there's that much talent. I mean, Sinclair's been on the bench recent weeks. So if your game's not going right, you look around. There's Sinclair, there's Edward, there's Roberts. They're all ahead of him in the queue. And if Masonda was turning up at training, he'd be in. Obviously yeah, not. Don't know how he's so. I don't know how he is in terms of he's uh-huh. settled in, in Glasgow. Is he comfortable in surroundings? You just don't know. Uh, at the moment, big question mark. What's, what's going to happen to him in the summer? Yeah, you mentioned Patrick Roberts, Mike. Is there a comparison to be made there? Obviously, it took. Ro- Roberts took a bit of time that to was, that was That was the, the, the original was, line. That was the line at the start. Was there a different Roberts feel about that? Roberts came out of the squad towards the end of the season. and, and um, He started showing. He started showing, but Masonda was still not seen him yet. Yeah. And there's now three games to go, so it's now too, And the too way Masonda came in, it, that you got this impression that this guy was kind of billed as a, an immediate game changer. Listen, everybody spoke to said there's a queue a mile long to get him. Um, Brendan was singing his praises from He was the one that was 20, really... 20 odd clubs wanted him. Um, and, and listen... Even speaking to people about, about him, I remember we mentioned him because he was spoken about in the summer, and um, we spoke to Big um, Boyata, who knew him, and he, he said this would be sensational if we get him. This kid is absolutely outstanding, and at that point he says he comes here and make it in the Belgium squad for the World Cup. That's the, that's the level. And that Belgian squad, I mean, this is one of the richest squads in the world of football. I mean, it's yep. it's embarrassing the talent they've got. But he thought that if he comes to Celtic, then that was last July, he'd have run out the World Cup. That's how good he was. So, something's not quite worked out for him. He said, but he's young, he's it's quite not, slight. Listen, again, it, it exposes a flaw in the model that Celtic have just now. We're talking about Patrick Roberts, who is leaving in the summer. We're talking about uh, Masonda, who has who will be leaving if he hits the ground. If he eventually clicks into gear, he's off. There's no long-termism here. And, you know, we're talking about players that, have, that are basically, we're doing a fit that keep saying, we are not a Celtic fan, incidentally, right? Scottish football's doing a favour for... Um, and I'm quite glad if we dispose of that kind of model and get players in that are for, for here for us. And Hearts coming up at the weekend. Could we see him? Sorry, before I finish, that Lewis Morgan comes in, a Scot that comes in and thrives at Celtic Park. Yeah. If that's to the expense of Masonda, good be it. That's fair enough. Can't argue it that. is. Yeah. I think if Lewis Morgan um, does the business at Celtic, it'd be good for, for Celtic and for Scotland, and good to see a young talent. That's what I think we're all happy to see that. But wait and see. And Hearts. Ah, oh, yes, just I was saying, yeah. So you might get to see Charlie, the lesser seen Charlie Masonda yeah, at the weekend. Yeah. I hope to see a decent game because, listen, no offence to Hearts, right? But Hearts are on TV on in four of the last five games after the split. And with all due respect, Hearts are brutal to watch right now. The last two no, games I've seen To be Hearts fair, they're not as bad as the stats. You've been bombarding maybe stats since we've in here. I'm sitting watching Hearts on the TV, and I'm actually thinking they should pixelate this lot. They're that offensive to watch. 
I mean, against Aberdeen, they were horrible last week. The season, half the season has to end. All the <laughs> Draw a line on Jambos, move going, on. This enough's enough. Uh-huh. Just get to the summer and we'll start again. Um, so I, I think Celtic will be tails up. Uh, mind you, they've been, they've been Tenerife this week, haven't they? No, exactly. Uh, training camp, I think it's called. Oh, I, I, was officially officially I was at was a Patoji on Friday camp. night in Aberdeen. Uh, oh, stunk the place out. By, I have to say, Hearts are already in holiday. That's so, what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't, but they're on TV for the last five games. The way it's worked out with the, the TV games, they're on every week. Yeah. And they're. Oh, don't watch alone. But I think Celtic will, will be on full pomp mode yeah. and um, should, should stroll it. Um, but I'd expect to see a few changes as well. Yeah, and it's all obviously leading up to the the cup final now. And there's that obviously that old cliche of playing for cup final places. Is that a really a, a thing, or is that you know will Rogers already have in his mind the team that he's going to? Yeah, I think I don't think it. I think I think the problem this year with there'd been a, a fairly kind of kind of procession to the title without getting it done early doors. I think they'd usually try and rest players and give them a, a week off here and there, but it hasn't really been able to do that because they haven't wrapped it up in time. So, but I think he might try. Rogers might try and and, and give a few guys some time off now. Um, but like I say, this this short summer, he's he's very mindful of the of the, the short break. So you know, I think this weekend you might see some guys sitting out, maybe like see your, your Scott Browns or and Lustig and these kind of guys um, to give them a breather. Yeah, um, I think the Celtic team picks itself now other than it you play Edward, you play Dembele does Griffiths come back in that's the only issue that they have yeah. Sinclair's even no longer a first pick so no. I think the team he'll have it, he'll have it. I, don't, I don't think he'll be t- putting out his, his strongest 11 and going hell for leather because I think that is a time to kind of maybe this week next week uh, in the last game of the season perhaps they can roll out the, the team here for Hamden um, I think we've got Aber- Aberdeen the last game this year. Yeah, great to good, see. One great to see Celtic go and unload their young players against Hearts because Hearts will be unloading theirs against uh, Celtic. So it'd be great to I mean again a sign of good health within Scottish football. Hearts have got so many. I could probably name about six just now. Uh, Celtic, where are they? Um, Brendan, the Tetlas one. Go and give your kids listen, a game. Listen, I want to see Hearts prove me wrong. Because I mean, the last time I saw, the last time at Ten Castle, I was through for the Hearts when they beat Celtic, and they were absolutely terrific. I mean, it was one of the best performances. I've so seen how how do you get, get how do you how do you get Hearts to give a to care about this? You give the young players who are bursting to prove prove themselves yeah. a chance, and again do the same with Celtic. It would bring a kind of um, healthy kind of ending to things. Well, that's all from us. We will be back next midweek with more news and analysis from all things Celtic. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can. I'm on Twitter at Liam Bryce underscore. You can get Mick at Michael Gannon and Parksy would rather go incognito. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.